0: We're all about turning a crappy situation into something wow, positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card debt. I still remember the day when no one turned enough, up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold.
1: <laughs> our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. Benton Crane, your co host I'm here at the Sundance Film Festival, and we have a really unique and interesting guest that I want to introduce you to. This is Stephen Greenwood. Hi, guys. And Stephen is the founder of Diver. I just experienced Diver, but I'm not even going to attempt to explain what I experienced until I let Stephen intro. What is Diver?
0: Yeah, um, Diver is the world's first aquatic VR experience. So we have invented a a headset that uh, lets people do virtual reality in the water, complete with a snorkel, so that they can float on the surface of a pool and feel like they're floating through space, skydiving or scuba diving through the ocean. And um, it's opened up an entirely new set of experiences for the virtual reality market. Uh, we've found a really healthy business in the water park industry, Okay. and it's turned out that there's been an incredible reception to it, um, not only because of some of the technical aspects of this product, but just some of the new experiences that we're able to unlock with the combination of water and virtual reality.
1: Right. So I put on the headset, put on a snorkel with it, climb down into the pool, and you actually tether me to the bottom of the pool so that I can't float around and bump into other people and other things. That's right. But when I'm going through the experience, I don't feel tethered. Mm. I don't realize that I'm tethered. So I have this experience, the, the virtual reality experience that you put me through. I'm swimming in the ocean. So there's sea turtles. I'm swimming with whales. I'm, um, I'm kind of navigating through coral reef. And it really feels like I'm moving through the water. Yeah. How does that work?
0: Yeah. Um, one of the key discoveries that we made as soon as we tested the first prototype is actually that there's a really interesting thing that happens when you combine virtual reality and water. When the human body is in water, the inner ear, which is responsible for our relation to gravity, mm-hmm. essentially turns off. So your body says, that's okay. That's what causes
1: dizziness, right?
0: Exactly. In normal VR, if somebody sees something moving and their brain is telling them that their body should be moving, but their body isn't sensing that feeling of speed or acceleration, that's where sickness comes from.
1: Okay. So in water, Motion sickness, motion right? Motion
0: sickness, yeah. And so uh, you just don't have that same risk in water. It, that sense in our brains shuts off. So any sort of motion that happens in the virtual world, your body fully believes and readily uh, thinks is happening. So, you know, even though people are stationary in one spot,
1: it actually feels like you're traveling for many, many feet or miles. So give us some other examples of, of what an experience could consist of.
0: Yeah, um, we just invented a new type of experience that involves putting sort of a propeller in the water that people hold on to with handles. And in the virtual world, they have also a futuristic version of this propeller. Uh-huh. And it, they're moving with great speed through the water. So it's kind of like a James Bond action scene where you're doing barrel rolls and corkscrews. Uh-huh. And, and actually, you know, we're making you feel as if you're going upside down but your body, not. your body is staying completely horizontal. And usually this would just, everybody would rip off the headset, you know, if they weren't doing this in water, but somehow we we're able to get away with it. And um, that was just one of the magic discoveries that we made right in the early days. It was, it, that was the thing that really convinced us that, okay, we have something here. And it's not just a crazy idea, it's something that we can
1: work with and something that's worth exploring further. Wow, so I feel like for the past several years, vr has kind of been in the headlines all the time about you know oh you know vr is the next big thing but from my observation there haven't been many applications for vr that have really found any large levels of commercial success Mm -hmm. what level of commercial success have you guys seen so far and what do you see the future looking like
0: yeah you know vr is tough because um the equipment has only gotten better for consumers in the last few years, mm-hmm. a lot of the barriers to entry like an expensive computer and all these things have prevented it from becoming a mainstream thing, let's say. We're just now at the point where it's almost equivalent to an expensive gaming system like a Xbox or a yep. PS4. And so you have that crowd that's, I think, already interested in in that sector. They're slowly moving into VR. Um, but. I often make the analogy that uh, VR is kind of like what you have with movies. You have people that go to the cinema and you have people that set up expensive home theaters in their own home. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right? You got those two types of people. And we cater to the people that love to go to the cinema. There's tons of people who want to go do virtual reality experiences but they will go somewhere physically to go do them.
1: So they don't necessarily care about geeking out on the technology or owning it or anything like that. They just want to experience it. Exactly. They want to have a new cool experience.
0: Exactly, and that's really who we've designed this uh, business model around. Um, and so we, we install our systems at water parks, okay. where they already have thousands of guests every day, um, and people are looking for new attractions at these water parks, uh, and so The advantage there is that all that infrastructure is built. These places exist, their staff operates these things daily, and we come in, we bring new technology to them, uh, they market it,
1: and then we're able to to create a successful experience for everybody. Very cool. How how many water parks are you in? So
0: we are currently in 10 countries in about 16 different water parks. And um, when we started the company, we created a partnership with a German water slide manufacturer. So this amazing German company builds these beautiful slides out of stainless steel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They um, originally started their business by making the toboggan rides that you see sometimes on mountainsides. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Like an alpine slide an alpine type ride. Exactly, out of stainless steel. And so that's actually how they started their business. And uh, at some point about 15 years ago, they said, hey, we should modify these and, and make water slides too. So... Um, the water slide industry is a fascinating and amazing market. right? Two Canadian companies, two big Canadian companies, actually are the top two manufacturers for water slides, okay. both founded by former pro- professional skiers. And then you've got a Turkish company that's able to undercut their prices and, and copies a lot of those guys' designs. Okay. Uh, uh, and so there's a competition between the three of these. Mm-hmm. And then the German company is like the up and coming fourth company in this market that's always looking for new, innovative ideas. And so they really wanted to put VR on their water slides about three years ago. And that's when we met up with them and um, decided to build a system that allows us to put virtual reality on existing water
1: slides. Got it, so in this case, you're not immersed in the water, you're actually going down a slide, but because you're still in a wet environment, you had to build equipment and everything to handle that. Exactly, yeah,
0: so we, we, we leveraged our original idea of putting VR in the water to build this technology uh, around the headset and decided that this would become our niche, you know, aquatic VR, anything to do with water parks or resorts uh, around the world. So that's a long-winded way of saying that a lot of the parks that we're in are in Europe, just because we have an established partnership out there. Um, we're expanding to Asia next month. Uh, we're in South America, down in Colombia. We're in a few places in Mexico. Um, so it, you know, what about stateside? Uh, in the States, uh, the biggest partner that we have here is called Kalahari Resorts. Okay. And you know, they've created an incredible business model themselves. They operate year round indoor water parks that also have 2000 Uh, Hotel rooms similar to like Great Wolf Lodge. Yep, and then big big conference centers attached to them Okay, so in the summer months and then you know the holiday periods their water parks are really busy and the rest of the year They're hosting conferences there and having families come and enjoy the water park while uh, The conferences are going on so again like you know They were somebody that um, took an existing business model and then really kind of beefed it up Mm -hmm. and had done incredibly well Uh, So that's who we've launched with in the United States, and we're excited to be adding our fourth location with them in Texas when they open that in November of 2020.
1: Awesome. How did this all happen? Tell us the journey that it took to get... Actually, let's back up even further. Tell us how you ended up in the VR world, and then we'll talk about the journey of Diver.
0: Sure. Um, You know, I went to film school. I went to UCLA. I studied documentary film. My goal at that time in life was to go out into the world and learn as much about it as I could and tell stories and share experiences. I loved going and seeking out unique experiences and then capturing a little snippet of that and trying to share that with as many people as I could. Um, this wound up, uh, the, the, this had me working in different media companies uh, in the online media world for yep. a couple of years. So I was at Vox Media in the early days. I went to Reddit for a little while, created a creative team uh, there. And then... uh, Just just all the tiny places. Yeah, you know, they do some amount of web traffic. (laughs) Um, And and then uh, as VR started to emerge, uh, I was recruited to, to go work at Discovery. And they were doing some really interesting things in the virtual reality space. So I saw this as my opportunity to become an expert in that and was very lucky that they sort of gave me a, a very healthy budget to go out and develop content and experiment and do both 360 documentaries and interactive uh, you know, six off uh, virtual reality
1: pieces. So I was spending a lot of time thinking about virtual reality. And so you're starting to develop the storytelling capability in the VR world, the technical capabilities, yeah, et cetera.
0: And, and building up the network inside that world, too, and, and getting to know some of the people that were doing important things. Um, so one night, you know, I, I came home, uh, flipped on Netflix, and I started watching Stranger Things. And there's an episode on season one where Eleven is placed in a sensory deprivation tank. Have you ever done the the? I have.
1: I've experienced it before. Okay, so it's cool. You lay on your back, you float in salt water, and the air temperature is matched to the water temperature, so you just you almost they, they, don't they even close notice close a lid, you, and
0: you, it's all black, and yeah. it's just like you're, you know, it's a space to meditate, right? Uh huh. And I I had done a few of these in San Francisco at that time, but when I saw this scene, you know, she's wearing this kind of space helmet, and and it got me thinking. You know, I wonder if we could actually make you feel like you're an astronaut if we were to replace what you're seeing with space content and virtual reality so that was the idea and uh i think i had had an interest in being an entrepreneur for a very long time like i did some stuff in high school around making t-shirts you know Um, i produced a show when i was at the verge Box Media uh, about entrepreneurs and their startups. And so I've always had this curiosity and this fascination and kind of hoped that one day I would be able to have an idea and take it to the next level. And as I had this idea, I went out to dinner that night with a friend who's a CEO of a hardware company and I told him the idea and he pushed me. He said, do it. This is, this is great. Like, there's something here. So he gave me the confidence to actually start Looking around for money and, and seeing if we could actually get funding for it mm-hmm. at that time I did not know what the business model was I didn't know anything about the It's just an industry. idea at this point just an idea and it was a crazy idea people would look at me and be like say what that's dumb like come on that's stupid um, and then it was uh, you know after a few months of just trying to to figure out what was going to happen with it that I got in touch with somebody who helped create the the Flowrider, which is a standing wave. Mm-hmm. You yeah. ever seen that where oh, people yeah. surf yeah, in place? That's a cool experience. So through somebody in my network um, that was from San Diego, where I grew up, uh, I got in touch with um, Tom Lochtfeld, who's the founder of Flowrider, and he had me speak with his son on the phone for about an hour, and his son gave me the download on the water park industry, and that's how I got to know everything about these manufacturers and where, what conferences I should be at and... Um, What I needed to know about what I didn't know essentially and so then as I started to figure out what this business model looked like We had this partnership with the Germans. We were starting to sell products and before we knew it we were profitable uh, Right off the bat so before you even found an investor. We still haven't taken on investment You've just bootstrapped this. We've bootstrapped the whole thing. Developed
1: a VR product with no outside funding.
0: That's that's right. Um, That's incredible. And, you know, I think a lot of the... uh, Like, we wouldn't have been able to do that if we hadn't been smart about the parts that we used in these systems. We we, we took a lot of existing parts and put them together uh, to create something new. And so that prevented us from needing to raise money to develop certain
1: pieces of technology that were out there already. and just able to to pull the -the off-the-shelves parts together to make what you needed.
0: Yeah, I mean when we were doing the first water slide development in Germany, um, it was just a lot of orders on Amazon, Mm -hmm. you know, we were just getting a lot of different pieces from different places on Amazon and and putting them all together and we're able to to actually create unique technology through that. Um, So now we have, you know, patents around the designs of everything that we've made. Uh, and we've actually been able to invest money into making things the way that we want them and, and creating unique pieces that uh, serve our purposes. But yeah, in the very beginning, before we really had the, the budget to do so, it was, R&D was just kind of pulling stuff off the shelf and putting it together.
1: What was your poop-to-gold moment? Everybody goes through them. Everyone has to overcome incredible challenges. What was yours? Yeah, um, I, I, I think the... Well,
0: okay, when we, when we moved to Germany, so we, we got this deal with the German
1: partner. So you actually packed up and went over there?
0: Yeah, uh, I had to quit my full-time job because now we finally had a source of revenue and convinced my two co-founders to come out to Germany with me because we needed access to a water slide 24-7 essentially. Um, so we moved and lived at a water park for six months in the hotel. And um, so you're very used to the chlorine smell. It, this is, yeah, this environment does not affect me anymore at all.
1: Yeah, we, we, we're sitting here next to a hotel pool and I keep having to blink because my eyes are starting <laughs> to feel the effects of the chlorine. I'm immune pumes. to it, yeah.
0: <laughs> I probably have a lifespan of uh, you know, only 10 more years, let's see. Um, <laughs> We, we lived in, in a hotel for six months which has its challenges you know we're all getting to know each other as co-founders at the same time so it, it was an incredible bonding experience um, we were making a product that we didn't know if it was going to be liked or accepted or successful or technologically uh, if it would break every two days you know like we, we just did not know what was happening and so it was it was a leap of faith upon leaps of faith it was you know a lot uh, to, to go through at that time, and you know, unclear what the future looked like. But at the same time, it was an incredible adventure. You know, we're we're all getting to live out in Bavaria uh, through Oktoberfest and through the winter of Bavaria and the spring, and you know, building up a camaraderie and getting to understand our customers. Right by by getting to live at the water park, we got to understand how things operate there and what. Pieces of software we needed to build to make this easy for their operation. Mm-hmm. So it was a really, really great way to start a company to dive right into this world, to spend twenty-four-seven in it all the time. Um, and, and so, anyway, so you know, th- this was all a fun moment. But right after that, um, we hadn't really like lined up a second sale on the product, and so there was this whole period where we had just started this company, we had actually deployed this product, we think things are just going to start ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, hey, this exists, so why isn't everybody coming to... to... everyone should, right? Yeah, because yeah, it's great. And look, there's smiles on people's faces. People love it. But we didn't understand anything about sales cycles, you know, and, and especially water park sales cycles. Everybody plans for certain seasons, and they're not always looking to make investments or to spend a lot of money at, at certain points
1: in the year. Yeah, so for context, for our listeners, the sales cycle is like a gallon of milk, right? The sales cycle is I'm at the grocery store, I look at it, I make a decision, and I'm done. But when I'm buying a $1,000 mattress, I might think about it for a week. And when I'm buying a $40,000 vehicle, I might think about it for six months. And when a company's thinking about, you know, a sizable investment for their company, sometimes that can take weeks, months, sometimes even years, right? There's
0: layers of decision-making that has to go through. Um, and, And you have to be able to make that job easy for those people at that organization. That's what I discovered. You need to approach them with all of the data that they are eventually gonna ask for anyway and just hand that to them on the first point of contact. So if I talk to the general manager of a water park and I'm reaching out to him, I'll tell him, hey, this is how many uh, guests you can expect per month to, to use this product and to pay extra to use this product. And right away, that makes his conversation with whoever the board is or whoever the owner is, that much more fluid from the very beginning because he's got this information that he or she can can use to then go to bat for this product. Um, so the poop moment was, you know, after this, this blip of, okay, we've done it, we went through six months where we didn't have any revenue. And the co-founders basically just decided to live cheaply and uh, be very conservative about where we were going and, and what we were developing. and. It was at that time that we started working on the development for our second product. And one of our advisors told us that this was a crazy idea, to to start development on a second product before we had even really figured out the sales on the first product. But it ended up being what saved the company, even in that early phase, and then what has put us on a path to uh, incredible success uh, since then. So that transition uh, was really just, you know, understanding the market, understanding what information you need to give to people when you're selling something to them, understanding that we have a technology product that is being offered to an industry that doesn't necessarily work with technology very much, so you have to message it in a way that is familiar to them, and uh, just getting better about understanding what they have budgets for and how we can work within that. So it turns out that with Diver, we have a very interesting uh, business model with revenue shares. So we essentially uh, ask them to make a small down payment to cover the cost of the hardware. And after that, we'll do some sort of percentage of a revenue share from what comes in from that. And that's really successful because it takes away the barrier to entry for them. We're not trying to sell them a, a system that is $100,000, $80,000, something like that. We're all only asking them to pay a little bit of money and to enter into a partnership with us and to you know, both market it as best we can to, to let people know about it. Um, so it, you know, discovering little things like that and, and ways to reduce the friction for these customers ended up being a, a big stepping stone and has changed the business uh, dramatically.
1: That's phenomenal. Stephen, where can our listeners learn more about Diver?
0: Yeah, um, we are, our website is ballastvr.com. Uh, so, so Diver is, is the product, the snorkeling product. Ballast is the company. Um, and we're on all the social media as Ballast VR.
1: Ballast VR, VR as in virtual reality. Correct, right? yeah. Awesome. Um, any little sneak peeks you'd like to give to our audience? Anything coming down the pipeline? Um,
0: you know, we really want to push the limits on our content and what experiences we're offering.
1: Uh,
0: we, you know, would love to bring in existing IP So whether that's, you know, comic book characters that people might be familiar with or uh, animated movies that might be really popular, we're working on bringing some of those partnerships into what we're doing and taking the nature of our experiences and amplifying what we're able to, what worlds we're able to bring to life inside the headset.
1: Gotcha. So if you're a Disney VP (laughs) listening to From Poop to Gold. you know to reach out to Steven. You, you, I hope you have my email and I, you know, I've been waiting for yours. Awesome, thank you for joining us on the show, Steven. It's been a pleasure getting to experience Diver and it's been a, a pleasure getting to know you better. Thank you for having me, appreciate our, it. Our pleasure. For our listeners, make sure to like, share and subscribe. We'll see you on the next one. We all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we wanna share it with the world, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary, or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-Day Script Challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. You actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just... Uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business people tell us over and people tell us over and over again it is just a huge value punch for the investment
0: for this 14-day script challenge and and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk
1: through it and make it happen and we've had um, we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge written their script launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co slash script. That's H-B-R-O-S dot C-O
0: slash script.